Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. recording <laughs> well welcome back to the lighthouse experiment podcast from jacksonville to michigan it's gonna be yep. a good night so welcome back everybody i'm super excited to have our friend kelly abel on with us tonight i'm excited to be here i know well, welcome to the show anything like this before so this is this is cool it'll be really cool so kelly you've taught i grow you've been at freedom center church for a long time you and your family yes um but you have entrepreneurship in your family yes so you kind of travel around a bit and stuff like that um but what's cool so I guess just share a little bit about yourself I guess okay yeah um we're actually in Jacksonville Florida right now I lived here for about 15 years uh three children with my husband Dan and um they were all born at Jack's Beach basically um they're all beach babies And then after 15 years, the business took us back uh, north. My husband and I are both from Ohio, Um, moved here when we got married, and then made it back up north to Michigan, um, where we now reside. And this is how I know these two, but um, uh, because of business. And we've been there for about 11 years. Mm -hmm. And so we've been at Freedom Center Church uh, for 10 of those 11 years, I'd say, um, like committed, involved you know, um, doing the thing. So that's awesome. Yeah, we, we love it. And you guys are actually in the same books, the book class right now, right? Yes. Yes. yes, yes yeah. We are. Yes. Yeah. It's been a, been a cool experience. So it has been, it's been hard to write, you know, we've been having some stuff going on in our little EMS community. So it's yeah. been kind of got the, not really writer's block, just been preoccupied with yeah. like doing right. what, doing what I got to do, you know? Yeah. So, Little side note, when I was little, little, so before the California days, so I was actually born in Johnson City, Tennessee, and then we lived for like 18 months or something in Raleigh, North Carolina, okay. and then we lived for a couple years in Jacksonville. Oh, did you? And, and then we moved to it. Memphis, that's where my little brother was born, and then California. Wow. Okay. So. Yeah, that's fun. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So a little short time and. In Jacksonville. In Florida. That's where my yeah. mom, she would she would have just stayed there forever. Yeah. As she calls it. Yes. Like the I, sand dunes and all that kind of stuff was her thing. Yeah. It's probably it probably looks very different though. <laughs> I mean, it is so built up right now. You know, like it just and they just they keep building. I mean, even from when we, you know, first moved here back in ninety eight, like it's what used to be forests are now homes and businesses and yeah. all of that. So Lots of people in Jacksonville compared to little old Linden, Fenton, <laughs> Michigan. Right. So, a little you know, town. Yeah. A little so town. we like went from big city, transient city, Mayport, naval base city mm-hmm. to uh, rural, you know, live in one light town. So, yeah, very different <laughs> culturally. Yeah. So fun fact, did you know that Kelly's dad served on the fire department? And mm-hmm. was a Coast Guard veteran. I did. I did not know the Coast Guard. Yeah, yeah. But you had told me about the fire department. Yeah. So you went to Boston, right? Not too uh-huh. long ago. We kind of shared yeah. back and forth um, yeah. a little bit through Facebook. I know. Um, yeah. So he loves Boston. He was stationed uh, in New England area. Went up and down that coast um, for okay. a time. And he just he loves Boston. So when he found out my son was, you know, his grandson was going to school there, I mean, he was like ecstatic. And so. Um, uh, it was fun to be there this last time that we just went to visit Zach and uh, we got to buy some firefighters some lunch. They came in and we were trying to be anonymous. Didn't 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 happen because like everybody walked out of the restaurant. We're the only family sitting there and they're just like must have been you. So um, so they told us to come down to the station. They had some shirts for us. And I was That's like, cool. my dad's birthday was just like the day before. And I'm like, ah, oh, we need to go get Papa Mike a shirt. Like that would make his day. And so we visited the fire station. And what I was I was telling Ashley, what was so fun about that is that you know my dad's retired uh, firefighter from uh, Akron, Ohio, and 
like I grew up going to the station, you know, mm-hmm. visiting them and being on trucks and doing all the things. And my kids, when they were born, he was still working for the first few years and um, and getting pictures, you know, sitting them on the bumper yeah. and all that stuff. So um, I was like, we have to we have to go get a picture and do the thing for for Papa Mike. So that's yeah, what do. So. it's it's such a cool thing because like when we were there, we went to. Um, one of the days we went to Jamaica Plain and there's a firehouse there just at the end of town. Yeah. And I was, it's, you know, so I started, there's one of the guys is out like uh, cleaning the truck or doing some mm-hmm. probie maintenance. And I started talking to him and, you know, talking about being on the fire department. And it was kind of like, yeah, 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 old man. And then I said, well, you know, I just recently had to retire from active because I had broke my neck. And then what was wild is like all the dudes were like what and now there's like we're talking to all the guys you know yeah and it's you know and it was not i'm like listen don't get too excited it's not like a line of duty thing i don't know when it happened yeah at just some point in my life my neck broke and found out about it at a chiropractor but what's also like firefighter nerd thing is like they have their fuel right at the fire station and we don't have that so I was just like blown away. I was like, you guys can just, you guys fill the trucks right here. Oh, and these dudes were like, yeah, doesn't everybody? I was like, no, man, oh. <laughs> we got to go like five miles away, yeah. <laughs> like way out of our way and stuff. Yeah. So, but it's, it's super interesting how welcoming, and that's just the culture. That's firehouse yeah. culture. If we're there, that's like in Grand Blank, if we're there, we put the doors up and the whole idea is so people will come in. Yeah. So I was saying my, my kids, as we approached, you know, Huntington Ave in Boston to go to this firehouse, you know, I'm ringing the bell and they're just kind of like, mom, what are you like, what are you doing? And I'm like, they love it. I'm like, they love visitors. Like they want us to come. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, they're going to welcome us right in. And he did. He was, he was great. And then he was the one who said, Hey, yeah, like go get your picture taken. You know, I'll do it. So yeah, it's pretty fun. So good memories. It just, it just brought up a lot of stuff and that monument that, you know, yeah. Yeah, it was really moving. Yeah, so there was a monument um, down the Commonwealth on in the, the Back Bay, and it's a, a, a memorial to, to firefighters that have lost their lives in a particular yeah. uh, hotel fire, and it was just yeah, really done. Yeah. Yeah, it's lined up right with the hotel, Ashley. So, like, from when you're looking at the monument, when you look past the monument, right on the corner is the hotel, and it had, like, it was like a, a building collapse. Yeah. Back in the seventies, I believe. So there I am, you know, Kelly said, this is, you know, this is where this spot is, where this memorial. So we went and found it and I'm looking at it and reading all the names (laughs) and getting all like emotional. And then this other family came Yeah. and they're like, no clue what this is. This was awesome. No clue what it is. Oh, this must be for firefighters or something like that. Almost like naively like flippant about it. And and then the dad was like, oh, this is, you know, he saw me. And then I, but I had the opportunity to explain, like, all these guys died in a fire. And I pointed, I was like, at that, in that hotel years ago. Yeah. That's built up now and it's condos and. Yeah. And all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's pretty moving. It's pretty fun. Yeah. It's weird. The thing about being in, like, spending my pretty much whole adult life in this first responder community is like you feel that like I don't not to say like you feel ghosts or anything but you can just the being in the presence of a more memorial like that like which is why I will openly admit I am scared to death to go to the 9-11 memorial yeah I know that I should but I just yeah you know I don't I mean that's the day I got hired <laughs> you oh, know what I mean wow. yeah. yeah so yeah. it's just weird yeah, but it's, and on on this side, I'm like like what we've talked about when like pastors like everybody wants everybody to stand and recognize. I'm like, I need to be there. I need to honor everybody and go see it. And if I need to ball my eyes out when I'm there, like I I need to yeah. honor that, you know. So that's that's interesting to hear you say it like that. That's, yeah, yeah. When you started, like when I started reading, like actually reading. Because they were they were taking quotes of of what happened, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and that it just it 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 was a reality of of like 
we they they they're heroes no matter what they just it mm-hmm. comes down to like that they will run into a burning building <laughs> to save right. my life you know mm-hmm. and don't think twice about it and and to hear their words it's just you can you can feel their heart you just see their heart right. it reveals it reveals why they do what they do and the words that they they posted mm-hmm. all over this beautiful stone you know yeah so there's a there's a cool quote that says the like the brave part the bravery part is done when you sign up yeah and then everything else will just be in the line of duty yeah it's cool and so it's wild to share that with and if people don't like i can remember saying i think in either your kitchen actually or my kitchen i think or just on the show i shared with you like i've been waiting my entire life for my grenade to jump on you know and there was kind of a split second where you're like like a wild thought but yeah you know all this time later is cool because now you understand just from being being with us all this time yeah but it's just i don't know how to do anything else so like thinking of doing other things is super frightening yeah. well i think more than that there's there's a drive like a, a compulsion like i have i have to do this right like almost like i don't i don't have any other choice this is what i was knit together to do mm-hmm. absolutely it's not like I wouldn't know what to do. Like, obviously, God has continued to, like, lead your steps and continue to put mm-hmm. you in, like, all these places and spaces as you, you know, you're, you're not going to be 82 and still on the rig. You know what I mean? Like, right. And we've talked about some of that. But still this, like, I I have to be here. I know I'm supposed to be here. And there's, mm-hmm. there's like, nothing else that I could even fathom doing. You know, like, that's yeah. that's a neat place to be in. Like talking about purpose and talking about just God being so good to knit us together and then have us do like, (laughs) go do, Mm -hmm. you know? So how does that, how does, what does that look like as it moves over into your family? So like, it's not a thought for you, but like for your wife and your kids, like how do, how do they interpret that? The same. Like, do they really um, think about it? Because I'm trying to think of, like, as watching my dad go to the station and work 24-hour shifts off 48, you know, every third day he's gone, right? And yeah. um, and then he had to be an EMT. It was required on his yeah. fire department. So, um, and, him, and he would come home and tell some stories, but they were always, like, the funny ones, the ones that we could tolerate. Like, he never shared right. anything that was... Yeah. And so I think that was, it protected me, right, from mm-hmm. probably thinking about my dad when he goes to work. And so have you, what kind of, what does that look like when you're speaking with your wife or, or your kids about work? Do they ask questions? How do you, do they, um, or this is just what my dad does, you know? Just pretty much it's just what I do. Yeah. Uh, Griffin really shows, he shows the most interest in like actually what's the thing. Yes. Everybody else, like Reagan's too little to know. Yeah. Uh, Carrie, she just, I've always been a paramedic and a fireman. So she doesn't know any different. Um, she does. It's not even a consideration. She doesn't ask that I, um, do my job less to like, no, I don't. Well, I guess to me, I don't take risks, but I guess to her, you know, it might to be. her, yes. like I, it's all calculated, you know, what I, in my mind, what I do. Um, I will say with COVID, COVID is the first time ever that she actually asked me to do all the things because she didn't want me to die. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it's never been like the kids, like I said, they're too little. Yeah. Really. The older kids, I mean, they're teenage daughters. So <laughs> I'm sure at some <laughs> point they'll care, but you yeah. know, they yeah. did. And now they kind of don't. Right. Right. But, you know, Griffin's the most interested. Yeah. yeah. But he's my son. He's interested yes. in how hot the hot sauce is, like what <laughs> sports we're watching. You know, all the things that I do. Yeah. Is he's. Yeah. Which is like, how it, you know, how it goes and how it should be. Right. Right. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, even like the DeVries the other day where I was talking with Leanne and Bella is I like seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. And. Like, her classmates are like, your dad's a firefighter? Like, almost like they don't even believe her. And she's yeah. like, no, really. Like, he really is a firefighter, you know? So, I think when Leanne came in to be, like, guest reader or something like that, they had to, like, ask Leanne, like, is Bella's dad really a firefighter? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah. 
So, so yeah. this funny though about about Griff is that because we have episodes of the podcast on YouTube, he's really more stoked that I'm on YouTube. <laughs> My dad's on YouTube. Not that he's a firefighter. Dude, like I literally okay. saved a dude's Traveling. life today. He got he's shot. Like, yeah. And he's like, He's like, yeah, you're on YouTube. I can watch my dad. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Griff, I'm helping your dad get famous. It's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Every kid wants to be a YouTube star. You know, it's. I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's funny, though. Yeah, that is funny. That is funny. Um, yeah, I think when I was a kid, too, I, I probably more. I like, oh, like an awe of what he did when I was younger than obviously mm-hmm. teenager years, eh, you know, whatever. Um, but then as I started to have children, it was like, Oh no, let's go see Papa at the, at the fire right. station. You know, it, came, it was cool again, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but there was like, there was a pride in knowing what my dad did. It was very different, you know, than what a lot of other kids dads did, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so I just wondered if, yeah, if it was similar to that. Well, so, so, and it's, what's cool is like, so for me, my dad worked for Pontiac. He worked like in the, the corporate zone offices and stuff. But when we were in Los Angeles, when we live in Southern California, like through Little League and church and whatever, we had a, a family friend and that we've always known as Uncle George, not our blood uncle, uncle but we always yeah. called him Uncle <laughs> yeah. George. Yeah. But he was an LA fireman. So okay. as a little kid... I can remember going to the firehouse. We would go ride motorcycles and just pick him up along the way out to the Mojave, but going to his station and like, as a little kid being like, I'm going to be a fireman. Yeah. And my dad being like, you should, that's, you should be a fireman. And so like when people ask, I literally did the thing that I said I I wanted to do when I was a little kid, Yeah. you know, like stop off in the army for a while, but. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, my, my dad was a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he scheduled his whole day around appointments and stuff. He was home right. usually, like, when we were getting home from school and stuff. And he he did a lot more, like, home stuff because he could work around all that, you know. Um, so I have a lot of memories of just him running laundry or doing dinner and stuff because my mom worked 12-hour shifts at the hospital. She's an RN, and she mm-hmm. worked in the ICU unit. So... There's a little bit, like, I feel a little bit about my mom. Like, I say all the time, like, my mom was a, an amazing nurse. Like, she loved being able to chart, take care of patients. She loved being in the intensive care unit because she felt like she really got to, like, be used and yeah, yeah, like, really mm-hmm. use her skill set. Um, but I remember a couple times her coming home and the patient that she had taken care of, like, because she would usually work, like, her three nights in a row and then have her four off or however that would work. And sometimes it would line up where she would have that same patient for those few days. And there was a couple times where she came home and talked about that her patient had passed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, she told me one time about how one patient didn't have a DNR. And so she's like 80 some years old, like breaking uh, ribs to get yeah. the patient back because the family wasn't ready to like let her like for whatever yeah. situation and yeah. stuff. And um, so it's. I, but like, cause you've said before, like holidays and stuff like that, you guys just always work around it. And that's what we yeah, did. Just, like if my mom picked up Christmas Eve, what it was, came yeah. home in the morning and we just worked around all that stuff and it was never a big deal. Yeah. We had it down. Like if he worked Christmas Eve, then we knew Christmas morning was our deal. If he worked yeah. Christmas day, we got to open all our presents. Yeah. After <laughs> you know, like we had to stay up extra yeah. late and do the whole thing there and then go see him at the station the next day. That's cool. You know, okay. like, but it, that was never... It was, never, like, a big it was deal. never a big deal. Like, oh man, we're missing Christmas or my dad's missing Christmas. Like we never felt that way because yeah. we had it worked out in our family dynamic that mm-hmm. that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's totally with like younger guys coming up and younger girls too, you know, coming into the business. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we tell them that that's like, is you're going to meet somebody and you're going to date and you're going to get married and it's going to be a family business. Yeah. It's going to be, it have to be yeah. all in. Cause yeah. if like, if not, it's just like, actually, uh, this is, I think common knowledge, but my first wife, she just wasn't in, yeah. you know, and it was, Makes and it's yeah. like a, this is pre-saved gym, of course, but it was like, 
basically, it's like, if you're not into what I'm doing, then you're not into me. And that's that. Cause like, yeah. this is, yeah, you know, I like being in service to others is like breathing air for me. So I can't just be, you know, working at home Depot or whatever you want me to do, right. you know? So, yep. and it just, you know, and whatever it's, it's, we're good and stuff, but it just wasn't for her. And then that was, right. That was that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and then just the schedule shift chains and stuff. I mean, we have a, we know another family who hubby is pilot. So he's home a week, gone a week, home a week Mm -hmm. and gone a week and stuff. So just not being there every week for like the Bible study or small group or not being there every week for the swim meet or something like that. It can, it can, I can, I can see how it can be very, to have that added, like if it's just hey, we're working around and we're always going to make the most of the time that we're together. Like if the, if the goal is to have that value of time, that quality of time Mm -hmm. when we're together, um, then it's always like, it's just can, can be a joy and adventure and you just work around it. But it's always like dad's missing this or mom's missing this and mom's, you know, whatever. And not here. Um, it could, it could be hard Mm -hmm. if you don't have that support to still sign your kid up for club, cub scouts or something like that and still have support of family to continue that right so that when that parent is home and off shift they can still be there even though they can't be there every time maybe because of scheduling and stuff so yeah right i mean there'd be stuff especially when my mom worked nights we always knew that next day had to be quiet around the house because she would you know during parts of the day and stuff like that we'd come home from school and have to be super quiet for a little bit because it's like she had mm-hmm. to get a rest before she got up and did yeah. Yeah. Hours again. Yeah. so yeah in some ways I think we just learn to kind of tune in to those kind of needs of what that looked like mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't bad thing. it was it's the just, way of life yeah 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 so it's the only really the only way of life I know so yeah you know and your kids so don't good. know any different, like you they said. They don't know like, any different, yeah. <clears throat> and Carrie has known you from day one like that, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, and she would tell you, too, because when we first were together, I was on, we did 24-hour shifts. We stayed in bases. And so I worked, I think, for the most part, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which was, like, the sweetest deal ever. But she would tell you that she enjoyed her 24 hours. Right. Like, when I was on shift. Yeah. She's like, it. She had a system. Yeah. Yep. If I was ever on like on a Kelly day or something like that, it threw the whole system off. Yeah. <laughs> For all of us, I'd be right. like weirded out. Like, why is everybody here? What's right. going on? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. So. I know that with just my, my husband travels a lot. And so there are just still times where I'm like, I'm good for the first few days. Cause I'm like, all right. And I'm doing all the stuff and I got it down. And I'm like, all right, you can come home now. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, but I think that, like, even my dad, so my dad, loved, he loves to cook. And so he, I don't, maybe this is another question, like, when you when you were at the station or whatever, like, like it seems like everybody kind of falls into a role. Or, mm-hmm. they, you know, they're, they're, what what is their pur- purpose when they're at the station kind of thing. And so my dad was, like, he loved to cook. So, like, he's cooking for all the guys, you know, all the time. Right. He loved to go to the grocery store. I remember one station he worked at literally was across the street from the grocery store. And I would drive by uh, if he was working. I would sometimes see my dad pushing a grocery cart from the grocery <laughs> store over to the station because he's like, I don't need to drive. I mean, it's right there. And it's a busy street. It was Market Street of Akron, right. you know. But I would just giggle. I'm like, there's my dad. He's got groceries for dinner, you know. I wonder what he's making, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But the funny thing was when he came home and, like, and so that's kind of the role he took when, you know, he was home for the, the 48 hours. He would just cook for us. But yeah. he's never we were a family for and he would cook for like 20 people you know like so <laughs> making bean soup like i remember bean soup and cornbread was a big thing in the winter i mean and it was oh, yeah. this major pot <laughs> this huge pot of bean soup it would last all for days. yeah yeah but those are fun memories favorite memories like that that are just i like to do that too you know it's not as carrie cooks because she's done with school she was doing like her masters and then like her next level, almost doctorate level online stuff. That's pretty awesome. So yeah. she was working and then coming home and doing school. So I do my shift and come home and cook. Yeah. But that was for me, that's like a good, that's like a good switching of gears. You yeah, know, if cool. you've had, 
you know, multiple bag calls or whatever. Right. It takes, kind of like a stress reliever or processing uh-huh. time or, yeah. You know, what's a, kind of a, what interesting is like before we did the house campus and even before lighthouse experiment, we had a little small group we were leading and I can remember coming home and uh, Aaron Stengel was in the class. He was in our group and really like saved the day for me because I came home and everybody was just standing there waiting on me because it's my house and I'm the leader of the group right. like to pray over the meal. And I had come off like there's a horrible call and like directly home. And there was always and that, that early on. People. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that stressor of I'm going to be late to life group and all yeah. this stuff. So I'd done the call, left work, come home, and it's just a house full of people. And I really was in no place to try to process all that. Yeah. And the and the comment from like one just unknowing, unsuspecting human in our class was, oh, we've been waiting. I need to get here to pray over the food. And I was just like, I, and just like right back out the door, I went. But mm-hmm. that night, Aaron just like, just stepped up stepped and just, yeah. just stepped in and, you know, took over. So that's been cool to be with like a church body where people have gotten to know me and more times than I even remember at this point, people have just been like, Oop, someone will ask a question on a Sunday morning and I'm, and they'll be like, Oop, let's, let's <laughs> like, divert your attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or your friends ask you dumb questions and they, you still give them grace. <laughs> That was funny. Oh, no, I've never done that ever. What is your processing look like then? Like, I, so we're doing a, a book class together and I know that oh. probably some, you know, processing through that as you write and you think, because I know I, as I prefer to write, that's how I, I process what's in here. Like if you were to ask mm-hmm. me what's wrong, Kelly, I'd be like, nah, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. And so right. I until I process it, get it out some, some way. So like, what are, what are some ways that you process? Like if you come back from a, a bad call and I know um, you had a tough week last week. So like, what did, what did that, that, that was, that was, so that was different because just because of the nature of what happened. And then I've been so kind of like hyper-focused um, working with some other guys on incorporating like mental and emotional fitness as part of like first responder training. Cause none of us do that. Gotcha. And the reason nobody does that is because if, as soon as like the uh, chief officers know that you're having some type of, you know, mental health struggle from whatever the case, right. then you're, they might right. deem you non-operational. Right. Then you get pulled off the squad right. or off the rig or off. Yeah. So no one wants to say anything. So, mm-hmm. but so last week that was different. You know, last week I, I put it on, I put it on base camp straight away to yeah. get people. Cause for me, that helps me if I know someone else is praying, even if I at that moment don't have the capacity to do right. so, just like someone else has to handle this. Yeah. Um, but on a typical week, most things, most calls, most scenarios, I can kind of compartmentalize and put them in different boxes. And I just kind of do that. Yeah. Um, I thought that writing this book was going to be harder than it has been. I thought it was going to be really tough yeah. to go in those spaces. But then as it turns out, it's been, Is it been not, more not so bad. Is yeah. Good. That's great. You know? Yeah. And it, what's weird too is, is, Arrogant as it might sound, a lot of, I don't know if the arrogance was like a coping me- or a protect defensive mechanism, but I would be like, well, I don't think that these people's hearts can handle these stories. So I'll just keep them all, you know, yeah. I can tell you that heart. once, yeah. <laughs> right. So, so one of the ones I write about is witnessing a dude commit suicide. And this is years ago. And I can remember having this conversation with pastor Jim. Where I was like, I just, I keep it for myself because I don't need that on your heart. And pretty much he was like, well, how arrogant are you to think that these people that care about you can't handle yeah. what you have going on? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's a lot of times I just, just that, I just put it in a, keep different boxes for different things. And 
Yeah. Sometimes I think about, I, I forget what battle it was, but in the Old Testament with Moses, every time he had his staff raised, mm-hmm. they were winning, and every time they came down, they I were losing. I just read that. I'm in Exodus right now. Are you serious? I'm not kidding. <laughs> so, is it Aaron and then mm-hmm. uh, the sister? The what it, Was that the other side? Who was that on the other side? But this idea that I nobody nobody could be in Moses' shoes. Nobody would know what it would be like to be Moses because they're not him. They weren't given mm-hmm. the responsibility to lead this nation. Right. Nobody was in his shoes to be drawn from the water and raised up in Pharaoh's house. Like, nobody had that position. And God called Moses. But yet he had people that, that raised his arms to, him. to support mm-hmm. him. And mm-hmm. so... Sometimes I think about that, that it's like, it's, and we talked about that even last week. It will be impossible for me to ever really understand what you do, what that looks like, what it feels like, what it looks like, what, like all the things. Mm-hmm. But I, I can do my best to come alongside you and like, to, right. when that, you know, mm-hmm. support my friend and what he's doing and support his family. You know, and, and I right. would think even just listening to some of those stories is support. You know, mm-hmm. even you know, I know you were saying I don't know if they can handle it, but at the same time, it's like no, I, I want to be able to handle it to some extent because if that right. helps you, then mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm here for. You know, right? So, and yeah. I don't, I don't want to. It's almost like kind of going back to the 9/11 memorial. Like I shouldn't hide my face because it's hard. I shouldn't hide right. my face because. It, it would be hurtful to see it. Whether I see it or not, it's real. Right. You know, it's it's uh-huh. really happening. And so there's that little bit of, um, I, don't, I don't know, it's that little bit of like, I, I don't want to, it's, it's, it's not an inconvenience to myself. Like, it's right. almost like, kind of almost back to, like you're saying, oh, how arrogant am I? Like almost how arrogant would I be to be like, oh, that's, that's, you know, what, what you're going through. I, I don't, I don't right. have any part in, you know, it's, it's almost like, no, that's, that's part of you. And so I accept that just as much as I would accept you because that's and kind of part of the whole package. Well, especially as, as the body of Christ. I mean, that's, right. we're all different members and parts and, and that's what we do for one another. That's, that's what, that's where unity comes in, you know? It's, it's wild too. Cause I was just thinking about this this past weekend because there was a um a new york fireman lost his life in a fire just a, another like in those big big like commercial structure fires it's pretty typical for a collapse to happen and he was just caught up in a collapse and so i share that and then like the week prior this friend of mine committed suicide and then like the week prior and i was thinking to myself like dude do you ever share any good news about like like first responders. But at the same time, I just, at this point, especially since writing, I just, I want people to know like what the commitment, what it really is. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what I was getting at earlier with when you, when you're reading these quotes, what yeah. th- that's showing that commitment and that devotion. And I have no idea what that's like to really be committed to something like that, you know, yeah. to that extent of, of, jumping on a grenade for somebody because that's basically what you are like you're waiting to jump on that grenade but you're pretty much doing it every time you get in the ambulance you know what I mean right Mm -hmm. so yeah and I I don't I don't get to do that in that same way um so well I mean I I fly a desk for my job Mm -hmm. and and unless like the scenario would have to be for, for me to have that like risk of personal harm while I'm working during the day, something terrible would need to happen for me to call that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But mm-hmm. in the course of my normal day, I, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not resp- I'm not the first responder to an event. Something mm-hmm. cool happened not I mean, not cool. Yes, cool. But I guess it is. It's like is this good <laughs> news or bad news? I don't know. But um you know, I've been traveling a ton lately, and so this is the first time this has ever happened on a plane. But uh, there was a, a diabetic, I think his sugar just dropped. It was an early morning flight, and uh, and so he was having some kind of episode. He was behind us, so I don't, I don't know what the commotion was or, or what 
triggered it, but he had some family members with him. And so the next thing I know is, you know, they're getting on the the PA system saying, if we have any doctors on board, please head to the main cabin. Uh, we need your assistance. And I mean, I've never had that happen. And it was the cool thing about it was that five people just popped up and just ran mm-hmm. back. And the whole time I'm thinking like, these people don't know each other. They're going to go back there. They're going to work with each other. They're all different mm-hmm. kinds of doctors, maybe not even a doctor, but just maybe some sort of medical background, you know, like, I don't know. Right. But I thought that was like the coolest thing to watch and, and see. And then you kind of hear a conversation when they come back to their seats. Cause the one, one lady was sitting like behind us and another doctor was sitting um, catty corner from us where I could see him when he came back to a seat and you know and everybody was so appreciative and but I marveled at that and then it made me start thinking like I'm on a plane a lot how I wonder what the probability of the amount of people that are on a plane how many doctors are actually on board every time on a plane because I'm like what what is what do they do I mean like if right. flight attendants aren't trained in any kind of I don't know. I don't know what's required of them to know anything like other than CPR maybe or something like that. But I, it, that was very eye opening to me. Like, and, and none of them had, it wasn't even a thought. I mean, they just popped up yeah. on their back and he was fine. You know, they let him mm-hmm. off the plane first and got him to the help he needed. But right. It, it was, it's, it's very strange. Cause it's, that's exactly, it's like a reflex. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's just, yeah, our Nick and I's first flight together when we were dating. <laughs> he, son of a gun, you know. Um, I'm looking at the attendant ordering like I'd like my apple juice, <laughs> and I turn around to Nick, and he's starting to like straighten up in his seat, having like a seizure, a seizure or something. Or yeah. something. And I'm, and I actually like I was telling the the kids the other day. I'm like I started yelling at him. I started, I started hitting his heart and telling him, stop it. Because I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Like, right. you're freaking me out and stuff. And, I mean, whoever, like, sat with him in the back, like, they ended up kind of laying him down. He was coherent but not really responding. And then when we got off, there were paramedics, like, waiting, like, EMTs waiting for us and had him in mm-hmm. a wheelchair getting him something Why sweet, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I didn't have my family with me. I didn't have his mom that would know his medical. Like, I'm getting asked all these medical questions. And I'm like, I mean, I've been dating him, but I don't know his health history. You know, like, I don't, I can't give you this whole rundown. Information that you need. And I'm, I'm overwhelmed and I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And we arrive in Orlando in the airport and there's, there's medical personnel waiting for us. You know, I, I just... I'm so grateful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's just wild too. Cause we wild. have this horrible tendency of like asking too many questions too, too quickly. <laughs> well, but then there's people like, like me who are like, I don't, I don't know. Like you could ask me my phone number in that situation. I'd be like, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Cause, like, you're, cause you're just right. like, you're in that more fear center than really being able to use your rational brain, you know? So yeah. it's, and you know what? And as you get longer in your career and stuff like that, so how I would approach that, I would have asked you like one thing and noticed you were frazzled and I said, has this ever happened before? You said, no, no we, we've been done. I'm like, cool. All I needed to know. Right. You know, and that's it. But then our younger guys would just keep drilling you and drilling you and getting more mad and more mad. Like, You're not helping me. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> yeah. What is his entire, you know, med list? And I'll be like, dude, we don't, I don't care about his med list. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter at this point. So but, would you say that's partly wisdom or also personality? Like, because you tend to, from what I know of you, you're like this, you know? Right. So is that, did you learn that or are you bent that way? That is, yeah. well, I've always been kind of yeah, a lagger, for lack of better. Lagger. That's what my dad would have said. You're like a well, like, you're a known lagger. I've always like the last one. And like with our family walking through, yeah. I was always, yeah, but like. <laughs> But just chilled out like that. But mostly that's just wisdom. That's just yeah. over the years. Like things we do or that EMS providers do is if you had, if your your mental status is altered at all, there'll be like these really dumb questions. Like they'll ask you how many quarters in a dollar, what's the year, who's the person. Yeah. Like 
But so what then I would do, I would come in and that's what I'm trying to figure out is your mental status. I'm going to ask you questions about you. And when you answer them correctly, okay, we're cool. We don't need to go on down this gotcha. road of insulting questions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's cool. And But it's just, you kind of, it's all wisdom. And you're, you're really observant. Like you're always kind of assessing rooms and people and noticing people mm-hmm. and stuff. So that I think that there's a lot that you always ascertain. Yeah. There's a lot of things observing. you can figure out by just walking in the room, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 And, and that's just learning as you go. Okay. So I was gonna, that was going to be like, is that something that they train you on? Like, are you supposed to be looking for specific things as you, you enter a home um, or you approach a person or the people that are around them or, you know, what are you supposed to observe? Um, or is that just like the yeah. thing is, is, is always, especially in, in my district is always like scene safety. You're supposed to be aware of that. Yeah. Most people starting new aren't really, they'll just go headlong into a house and not even paying attention. Like little things like we knock on the door and then stand to the side of the door, Gotcha. you know, just just stuff like that. But then when you first approach, it's always just the, what they say, the ABCs, like airway breathing circulation. So if you've spoke back to me and I looked in your eyes to see your pupils are good and you're talking, so you're breathing and you're upright. So your heart's beating. So boom, there's nothing else. I, you know, I'm, and then we'll get deeper into vitals and that kind of thing, but, but you've assessed it right away. You've assessed the, the main three things within the first five seconds. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's new to me. That's something new. I I think I've <laughs> may have heard early on and now like to circle back, like, right. That's, but, there, I mean, when I've gone on a couple of the ride alongs, mm-hmm. I'd be like, everything's an emergency. <laughs> we have to run there hundred miles an hour. Oh, and there it is like, yeah. And then, and like, I literally don't run anywhere. Other than just running, but like on scene, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like you know, and they can kind of read between the lines with with certain calls and and the information that they're given and stuff. So there's there's a lot there too. With just how many eighteen years of experience now? Yeah, paramedic Uh, bias. Yeah, yeah, you know, of getting calls through dispatch and you know, kind of what kind of read between the lines of that stuff, you know. But I didn't know, like, oh, chest pain, like. That person's gonna have a heart attack. We gotta, we gotta go. You know, she just went right and there. Then, yeah, like, and then he's opening up doors and grabbing his bag and just, you know, meandering right. in. I'm like, well, why are we not running to the Is door? That due like, to some it's of the, the movie, man. We just gotta, run. we gotta run. Uh, nope. So, do you, no, you have can a tell. good idea just by what information is told to you through the radio, like what you're walking into, or are there times where you're just like, nope, you, you really have to assess every situation. Um. I know by the dispatcher who's, who's on like our on yeah. EMS radio, I, yeah. I can understand, I can figure out who's and how they give details, who's better trained yeah. and how, how they talk and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, if it's, there's a, there's a dude on from, he's on our radio on the same day as I work. So Wednesday through Saturday from like 11 to about one or two, he's on the radio. And the thing he does, if it's really bad, he'll take, he'll ask me to switch to the TAC channel, which is just a, a non-monitored channel. Gotcha. Like private. It's like more, it's more encrypted. So then he'll, yeah. then we'll talk just normal, like we're talking. Yeah. But for the most part, everything pops up on a computer screen in the ambulance. And there, there's a call taker and they answer the phone and they're talking this family or this person to their, the worst day of their life and typing so usually there's no punctuation as one yeah. giant word that i have yeah. to we have to figure out what it, yeah right yeah well there's and i remember one where it, it was there's no spaces it was literally, <laughs> it was literally like, all letters together all the letters together <laughs> and they were like they were reading it through yeah they were figuring out i mean what and you guys, i think you guys are kind of chuckling at it you're like oh yeah. check this out you know and i'm like what what, what is like a foreign that? language <laughs> yeah you know right so, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I yeah. guess I just never... Yeah, I wouldn't have thought about that That either. they're on the phone giving that person instructions. Asking questions and, uh, and getting information. And coaching them through, them yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. Like, that's the hard job, man. Like, what I do is firefighting and EMS and 
you know, I can't speak to police work, but dispatch, because they don't get closure. Like oh. I go to the scene, the person lives that. or they yeah. die or it's. They don't know how it ends. Yeah. yeah. Right. And they just, we get there and once we're on scene, that's it. Yeah. They know by the computer when I'm transporting. They know if I'm in immediate danger because I'll jump on the radio and say we're backing out or we need police assistance or whatever. Right. But for the most part. So when you think about that, like recently we've had a Genesee County uh, Sheriff's deputy was shot in the chest and then a Burton officer was with him. They were both shot. So once the call is live, the dispatcher's out of the picture until, so they go to this thing and they're dealing with this uh, subject and then shots are fired. And now the officer is on his radio shots fired, you know, I'm hit or whatever the case. Mm -hmm. And then, so they've gone from, they dispatch the call. It's whatever we're on. They're on scene onto the next two or three or four or five calls. Right. And then now all of a sudden this guy that I thought was fine is shot and all this, then all those moving parts. Right. And then they got to, you know, they got to insert, I wasn't working that day, but like hypothetically they have to insert, insert me and more officers and all the things and yeah. try to do it in a way that we all stay safe, but they're really relying on our training that we'll just keep ourselves safe. Right. And then even with that, and they don't know. Right. And in that one, a buddy of mine called me because he had ambulances that he dispatched, but the deputies just put their shot buddies in their cars and took them to the hospital. So I have these two officers that have been shot and now no ambulances are moving and they're all making themselves available again. Like what in the world is going on? Wow. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's calling me at home. I'm like, I don't know, homie, I'm not working. Like I have no knowledge other other than these two dudes got right. got shot. So yeah, dispatch. I think in my experience, they have it the worst because they don't they don't have the opportunity to see what, how everything. Ending. Yeah. yeah, or be able to go or talk. Like, their their ability to see. do and to help is yeah. very. I mean, sometimes I think about when they're we're calling and there's somebody in their like there's somebody in their house and they're talking to somebody like hiding in their house. Somebody's trying to break Mm -hmm. in the house or hurt me, Mm -hmm. and they gotta walk them through, but they can't be there for them. Right? They can only hear and listen and give them instruction. You know, and stand the phone. So coach them through CPR, do all the things. Yeah, coaching through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's wild. It's a wild, strange little subculture of humanity that we're, that somehow, and nobody just, you know, the people who think they want to do it that aren't called to it, they, they rarely they survive. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, I, I think that's, that's any of us. Like you shouldn't do what you're not supposed to do. You need to do what you're supposed to do. <laughs> right. You know, and as believers, well, yeah. you know, I think, you know, just because then we get to kind of ride that, you know, like back to the beginning, like I, I like to live and breathe what I know I'm I'm born to do out of my purpose, like is a way different yeah. feeling than like I'm trying to yeah. push against the current of something that right. wasn't. Well, it's like when we had Chuck Kova on way back. You just show up at your job. Like you can't right. just show up to a job <laughs> yeah. and do your work. Like you, yeah. you got you to be invested and committed and devoted mm-hmm. to all the things. Like yeah, I, I, I took any job after college to pay off my student yeah. loans. Yeah, you're not doing that if you're a dispatcher. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, so for me, I did, you know, I did high school and all this stuff. And then from graduation, my dad got transferred again to Colorado. So I just was out there going to snowboard, you know, but then we got to the point where, okay, you gotta, you gotta find something to do. And the blessing, I didn't think so at the time, but the blessing is my dad actually sat across like the, the kitchen table and was like, look, my college is not going to be for you. You know, mm-hmm. very tenderly told me you're kind of a moron. We aren't going to spend money on college, but here's some choices, you know. And so it was all the branches of service. So I picked the army, picked the army out of spite because he was a Marine. And then, about that. <laughs> <but> then <laughs> like, and it was, you know, and that was at a point where he was starting to have Alzheimer's symptoms, even relatively young. But I can remember those moments, you know, he set me up on this path. Yeah. And then I get out of the military and just did whatever job. And it was, 
it was like we had an episode early on or like a year, a couple years ago, we had Chuck Kova on. And the comparison I used is that I was at that, you know, like when you're in a grocery store and you have a cart with a bad wheel. Yeah. That's what my life felt like. Like, I'm like, something was not right, you know, and then joined the fire department and realized, oh, that's it. I'm supposed to be in service to people. Yeah. And it just, yeah, but this is all, you know, that's all I can know how to do really. Yeah. So it's translated great into doing house church and this ministry and stuff like that. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. It's good stuff. It's all right. Thank you for your service. <laughs> We've talked yeah. about that too. <laughs> Am I not supposed to say that? Our pleasure. Yeah. That's what my partner Our pleasure. is. <laughs> That's what we do. Oh, we do the Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A thing. What's that? Thank we do that. My partner and I do the Chick-fil-A response. Yeah. Thank Our you for pleasure. your service. Our pleasure. Yeah. 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 But it is. It's cool. It's It's been... You know, I have some some years left in me, especially now. I'm making a transition into a new company. You know, coming up here in the next month or so. So, yeah, congrats, congratulations, Jen. That's really exciting. that's a hard. That's been a hard decision. I imagine, and it's going to be. You know, it'll over the course of this week probably it'll be public knowledge. But okay. you know, it's what one of my uh, one of the docs, the doctor that's the chief medical officer of Hurley hospital. I've known him my whole career. He compared it to me moving from my company to this new company is the equivalent of Tom Brady moving from the Patriots to the Buccaneers in kind of our little you world. You spent your entire career <laughs> with one company. Yeah. So it's like, and I'm kind of like the face fourth of it. quarter. You're like, Hey guys, yeah, I'm right. gonna go. by the way, but it's just, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a mental health decision. Yeah. Yeah. It's a business decision, but it's mostly a mental health decision. Well, and I imagine you are not ever somebody that takes any decision like that lightly. So actually just if you've been with the same company, there's a loyalty there, you know. Uh And for your people. This place has been recruiting me for three years. Yeah. (laughs) Like diligently recruiting. Yeah. And it's just it's just they recognize (laughs) something in you, you know, that Mm -hmm. they didn't give up on you. Yeah, and it'll be cool to see um, your ability to kind of lead and impact that community, like that sub-community at that uh-huh. yeah. perspective and vantage point, you know. So when, like, I'm noticing you keep giggling every time I give you a compliment of, uh, yeah, he does, uh, yeah, yeah, like, thank you. And I, but I, but I want to go back to, like, there's that, there's a humbleness to that. Like, for you to giggle and just to be like, don't say that to me, you know, because that's just my job or that's what I do. That's when you know that you're supposed to be doing this because you don't even look at it as a I'm going above and beyond for for us. Right. But we look at it that you are. So <laughs> you just need to take the thank you. <laughs> you know, but but there but that's that's really cool to see in you that there's the that to me is humility in the sense of of like I don't want to take this credit and that that's what God put in you and mm-hmm. you're doing it. Um so my husband is very similar in the way of if people talk about his generosity or, or, or something that pinpoints like what what is at the core of him, you know, he deflects all the time. Like it has nothing to do with uh-huh. him, you know. And I'm like, just say thank you, you know, or whatever it yeah. is, you know, yeah. and um but but that's a that's even a really cool quality and character. Yeah. No, it's been super cool is that our our leadership within the church as, as I've been there and as we've been doing the thing um, and, and growing to know me and that I really just would rather like, just keep it low key. Yeah. Um, even in just recently in one of the staff meetings, you know, they mentioned like, we honor you. We like, it's like, we know that to honor you is to not honor you like publicly like that. Like I wouldn't yeah. want to be the on the stage yeah. and, taking any type of credit for house campus or anything. I just, right. but to have them, you know, behind closed doors, like, look, we, we, it's not lost. on We, us. Like, you. we, we appreciate you. I'm like, yeah. cool. Yeah. Please never say this in public. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just how I've always kind of been. Yeah. My brothers. No, they would rather, rather be like, 
yeah, everyone knowing. <laughs> well, they're in very different fields that are supposed to yeah. be a little bit more like the in front in front of your face. Yeah, of. and they're supposed to work with yeah. um, brands and and people and the thing. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. My younger brother Kelly works for Taylor Guitars. Yeah. Oh. So, so he does all their branding and marketing and awesome. and giving away of guitars and just is like knows all kinds of uh, just writers and musicians. Cool, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And my older brother was a pro athlete. He raced bicycles. So I, he lived in New I York. I remember right? hearing that story. I don't know if that was from our class or not, but I yeah, like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. really cool to hear. So, so in his day, in his like during his prime, he was in Belgium and like a like a star, yeah. like I can't go to the bakery, you know, everyone will approach me kind of thing. Right. And so, you know, which is different, different struggles for those yeah. two, you know? Yeah, sure. So. On the other side of that. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I never told you about the skate park in Boston. <laughs> After like, you oh. already got home. I was like, I didn't, tell Jim about the cool, like Zach goes to the skate park. He's been waiting for the weather to break so he could go back and it's under an overpass all graffitied up, but you could, there's a mm-hmm. walking trail that's right. But, and it's, it's sort of by the Harbor, but you mm-hmm. can't, you can't walk from the Harbor to the skate park because there's no bridge over. You have to kind of go out and back over, but I'm like, so I missed that opportunity. So you're going to have to go back to Boston so you can check out the skate park. <laughs> go back and skate it. Um, it's famous though yeah that's a that's in it's in video parts and stuff like that yeah yeah so you know it. you already knew it but i was like i can't believe i didn't like it was just so cool but you're with your wife she might not want to go to the skate park but i'm like there but you can hey we did she did all the cool things though we went to we went to the fenway park tour yeah which was cool and stuff like that yeah yeah Awesome. And of course, because it's just how my strange mind works, we spent quite a bit of time at the Holocaust Memorial. You know, I just couldn't, I couldn't leave. It was weird. That was a a very... I was just talking about that with somebody else that might have been on our our trip out to Arizona. I think somebody else just went and they were just saying there's just, it's incredible. Like there's nothing, they've never experienced anything like it. Right. Yeah. Actually, there's these towers of glass, kind of like pillars. And like from the ground up, basically, they have etched in them the numbers of the like the tattoo numbers. And it's just I have a picture I took and it's just like one little one little part of it. Yeah, one little piece. But there's just hundreds of these numbers. And just man, just to be in those spaces. It is strange what humans do to each other, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And that some people don't even believe it happened, you know? Like, yeah, it's wild. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me. That was kind of fun. That was so fun. <laughs> I love it when we just kind of roll yeah. with the travels and roll with yeah. the yeah, country, man. you know. And well, it was a it was a privilege and an honor to be asked. It was it was funny. I'm like, what do I do? She's like, just ask questions. <laughs> I was like, like, you want to be on the podcast? And you're like, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> So, so thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's always fun for us to have somebody on and just share life and talk about stuff. And you've definitely brought like a whole different kind of level of perspective and questions and stuff. I think that there's stuff that even now I've heard differently all this time just because (laughs) of the conversation that we had tonight. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. So thanks for sharing because I got to know you a little bit more too (laughs) each and every time. Right on. Yeah. Hear my dogs outside right now. Our dogs are saying hi to our neighbor dogs. <laughs> <laughs> hi, friend. Yeah. Hi, neighbor. They do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Enjoy. When you guys come back? Saturday. Well, I come back Saturday night, and then Kel's staying I'm a little here. longer yeah. with, with Dan. Yeah. So I won't be there. I think we have another class on Thursday. It might be the last one. I don't know. But I'm I'm probably out for the rest of the I'm out for the rest of the season. So, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to need some accountability. That It did help me with me knowing. Too. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, mm, I hope I don't fall back into this procrastinating, like, you know, or I don't know where to go from here kind of thing. And nobody's going to really. More people know that I'm writing a book. So more people will probably ask me about yes. how going. But, yeah, that weekly. Where are you at? Yeah. 
Where you at? Have you been riding? Yep. It's been uh, good. So. Yeah. All right on then. All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate okay. it. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. What do we need to do? You're looking at me, Ashley. Like You got to do the outro. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. The outro. He's got, Every yeah, week. He's got a, you have a, a yeah. tagline? Or, he does yeah. so great at it. I never wanted to. I <laughs> the intro. He does the outro. It's great. Uh-huh. All right. Ready? Yes. The outro. Yes. Okay. Can't wait to hear well, it. <laughs> thank you, Freedom Center Church and Kingdom Builders, for your continued love and support. Thanks to our listeners. Thanks, Kelly Abel, for coming on the show. And check us out on the socials. This episode is up tomorrow. Yep. I think Ashley's on vacation. So I'll be up tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks, everyone.